When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 366. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you experience effortless healing, awakening, and abundance. In today's episode, we talk about some really powerful and important topics, including what role does Ayurveda play in healing, the true nature of self, the importance of cleansing, and so much more. But before that, I'd like to remind you that I have recently released a 24-page PDF outlining some of my favorite ways to raise my vibrations and feel better almost immediately. To get your free PDF, visit my7chakras.com forward slash feel better now. That's my7chakras.com forward slash feel better now. All right, so let's bring on our special guest for today who happens to be our second time guest, Acharya Shunya. So Acharya Shunya is a globally recognized spiritual leader and Vedic lineage holder who awakens health and consciousness through the Vedic sciences of Ayurveda, Vedanta and yoga. And she's a driving force behind Vedika Global, an online not-for-profit wisdom school and worldwide spiritual community. And the author of the best-selling book on the Vedic art of mind, body and soul, well-being and health, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom and forthcoming second book with Sounds True to be released in 2020, Sovereign Self. So Acharya, welcome once again. Are you ready to inspire? I am ready to inspire and thank you for inviting me back. I really enjoyed our conversation last time. Great. I did as well. And so to begin our session today, to begin our conversation today, what is your favorite or that one inspirational quote that is on your mind these days and how are you sort of applying it in your in your life i've really been um, contemplating upon a four four word sanskrit statement by a teacher of non-duality from india shankara and he had said brahma satyam jagan mithya which it really means is that everything i see is of a lower order of reality and the seer in me is of a higher order of reality. And that is allowing me to be more within and give less importance to what's going on without me, if you know what I mean. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Brahma said Satyan Jagan Mitya, right? Yes. Which means that what you see around you, that is illusory, that is transient, that is changing. But what is eternal is your true self, your eternal self, and that is something that you have to discover for yourself. And there are paths, there are things that you can do to help you and facilitate that process of, of discovering that sovereign self, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Acharya, what is Ayurveda? Because there are so many definitions, right? There are so many connotations. I grew up in India, so I have a certain view of Ayurveda. You studied Ayurveda and learned from the masters all your life. So what is your understanding or your definition of Ayurveda? Uh, the description of Ayurveda in Ayurvedas or in the scriptures of Ayurveda is Ayusho Vedaha Ayurvedaha, which means the Veda. Veda means the knowledge of life. Ayush is Ayurveda. And so Ayurveda was a teaching from the ancient seers of India, which happily were men and women, known as rishis and rishikas, was really uh, putting together of a lot of wisdom um, that connects us to life, to the source of life, 
which we may we may call prana or uh, you know soul or consciousness ultimately and how does it play out in uh, the different containers of life which is the body the senses the mind and even the soul which is really an aspect of that super consciousness a carrier of that universal consciousness and so therefore i love it that the ancient sages who gave us yoga who gave us meditation they also gave us ayurveda today more and more people call it holistic medicine which is totally fine because it's way more holistic than any other medicine that i have encountered at least or at least it's compatible to a lot of holistic ancient traditions from the world it's no way behind it and we dis- we discussed some of that in our previous mm. you know um discussion but i would say that it's also spiritual medicine it is spirits medicine that's why in india sometimes we call it it's god's own medicine mm. and in the ancient vedas aj we have these uh, celestial healers known as the ashwini kumaras these are these twin brothers who take care of the all the you know medical needs of the gods and they are said to be the first ayurveda doctors apparently they live even today in the heavens so i love all these connections of ayurveda with spirituality got it i didn't know about the ashwini kumaras who were sort of the uh, the doctors for the gods right yeah. back in the days and that's amazing to know that as i try to uncover more and more about the history as well as the stories that people have been passing down from generation to generation which really add a depth into the whole practice of ayurveda so it's not just physical it's just not just mental but it's spiritual as well so encapsulating the whole you the whole body right so how did you discover ayurveda or rather ayurveda discovered me shall we say mm-hmm. yeah because as lord krishna has said in the bhagavad gita that if you are really really into something whatever are those last thoughts in the last 20 seconds of you exiting your current body you will get a body to to probably meet that need or complete it because we are aspects of the divine and we really get to have the story we want that's something to think about and so probably the story i wanted was to be surrounded by ayurveda and its sister sciences of yoga and vedanta and i was born therefore in a traditional family a lineage actually of uh, non-dual vedic teachings from india from a tiny holy city called ayodhya from uttar pradesh the state in northern india and my family grandfather great grandfather our ancestors have been involved in teaching and disseminating the wisdom sciences of you know from the vedas which emanate such as the, from the upanishads and bhagavad gita and the ayurveda and yoga source texts so i was born there i was uh, um it was not forced upon me and i'm definitely the first um you know acharya or master teacher who is in a female body up till now it was a male lineage so there was there was some deliberation by my grandfather he skipped a generation he skipped my father even though he's a worthy soul and has received a padma shri from india for whatever he achieved in culture and writing which is the highest honors from the president of india but my grandfather felt that probably his daughter would be the carrier of this knowledge and clearly i'm doing what i need to do every day mm. and so i guess that is how i got involved in it and from a personal perspective just so that our listeners don't think it's just something it's like a crown i'm wearing or something i actually benefited from ayurveda i myself have been diagnosed with a immunological condition there have been times when i was not as serious about ayurveda i was not walking the walk i was just talking the talk you know we all go through that period of spiritual maturity i've had times when i've had to use crutches i've you know i have people with my condition live in wheelchairs but um so i've been using ayurveda and its sister sciences they're helping me and that's why there's all the more reason i want to spread the news not just because it's in my family it's something i'm familiar with you mm-hmm. know it's it's a personal mission now you can say right well thanks a lot for sharing that and i'm glad that you pointed out the difference between um talking to talk and walking the talk and i don't see anything wrong in talking to talk but then these practices are so powerful they're so useful they're so therapeutic right so there's a point i guess where somebody talks to talk and then they realize wait why am i talking 
like why 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 right because it's actually useful so might as well just walk the talk and you know embrace all these beautiful practices that can really rejuvenate and heal and also connect us with our eternal self now you spoke about non dual right you were born into a family that sort of practices or propagates non dual teaching so what is non dual and then what is the counterpart to that what what's the other way of practicing if it's non dual non duality means that we recognize it's not like we see everything as one common blob blob okay. of reality we do recognize that is duality which means is more than one mm-hmm. duality means more than one multiple is really what duality means means multiplicity and that everything is separate from each other and there is life through all this varied existence and non duality is an evolved vision you cannot see it but you can deduce that despite this um multiplicity there is something common there is mm-hmm. a common thread and the non dual teachings which come in the later part of the vedas known as vedanta or upanishads say that though there are separate bodies minds races you know body types gender uh, ultimately all of this just like different waves can collapse back into one ocean different things made of clay come back to becoming clay at the end of everything we mm-hmm. all resolve back into a common consciousness known as chaitanyam or brahman in sanskrit but ultimately brahman means that which is infinite that which is so big that it cannot be superseded it's the ultimate big, bigness mm. and that dwells in us so even though you and i and our listeners we look like we're different people but even if we evaluate the body and we think oh yeah you got a different body i got a different body but even that body is made up of common building blocks according to ayurveda yoga vedanta known as the five elements of panchmahabhutas if we look mm. at our separate minds we can resolve our different angst and sorrow and joy into the common vibrations known as gunas which is of agitation of peacefulness or of disturbance and mm-hmm. then if we look at the soul we find that there is no sinner and there is no saint ultimately it is the same common consciousness known as brahman or atman which means the boundless one expressing itself and so when my lineage was connected more to non duality sometimes we i love the question like how are they different sometimes there is a position taking that non duality means we don't accept there is a duality but what we're saying is that at a transactional level there is a duality and that's why we need ethics or dharma and consideration and interaction with each other and we have to have healthy boundaries too mm. i can't you can't exactly walk into everybody's bedroom and sleep there saying well tonight i'll just sleep here in las vegas or in hollywood because we're all one we can't do that but at the mm-hmm. same time we don't want to hurt another we don't want to violate another because um the reality is that what's invisible it is adrishyam it is invisible but we are connected with one common cord and that is why and i'll close with that we can't really have secrets I can't really speak nice things to you and think bad thoughts about you because you will know deep mm. down you will know my intention because we are one so at a vibrational mm-hmm. level which I know you love to talk about and maybe you can elucidate on that we are one and um that non duality was very important for my teachers and that's why my ancient lineage was open to people of all caste we even had all gender people come as students and then I became the first non male gender and probably in our past we had some rishikas we just don't have the remembrance of it now mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, we were quite a progressive lineage because of non duality got it well thanks a lot for sharing so from what i understand non duality means that a person recognizes that at the eternal level everything is one we're all one uh you know we're yeah. all part of this one consciousness yeah. but for the purpose of expression we are living this duality based existence but at the same time we have practices and we have principles and we have this know how to navigate through the challenges or difficulties that might arise as a result of this temporary duality how do yeah right ultimately we are due uh, we are non dual and uh, what i like about uh, what you're sharing and about vedanta ayurveda and all these indic practices or philosophies is that we have like we have a lingo we have a way to explain the 
universe, right? Like I think uh, Western science is now beginning to talk about the Big Bang or maybe questioning what happened before the Big Bang and realizing that at the moment of, you know, precise moment when the Big Big Bang was happening, everything was like the top of a, of a pinhead, right? So essentially everything was Brahman and then it expanded and it shot out and it created the stars and the galaxies and the earth and our individual human beings, right? So I like that Ayurveda and yoga it has, it explains through very simple terms, what might have been and what might come in the future as well. So thanks a lot for sharing that perspective. Along the same lines, uh, how does Ayurveda address the topic of spirituality? How does it talk about, you know, us, so to speak? Yeah, I have, I fell in love with Ayurveda. I, and one of the reasons is that it doesn't oblige me to, to, you know, to split myself into pieces and parts and take my, take my soul to the pandit or the religious master, take my body to the vedya or the doctor, you know, and take my mind to the psychiatrist. It allows me to bring all of this together. And that's why we have, um, you know, ancient verses, which, you know, which say and that, um, you know, sharira body, indriya senses, sattva, which means the mind, and atma, which means the soul, all of these come together to form the beautiful you. And so from the get-go, it defines the human being as a composite entity, not just as a soul, because then it will become a religion. It does see the soul with the body, with the senses that tend to get naughty in the universe, you know, with mm. the mind that tends to get disturbed or overexcited or, you know, delusory in the universe. And then how does this all play out? is really, really fascinating. And, um, you know, um, in a way, I can say that um, I have found personally, AJ, in my own teachings, uh, in my wisdom school and through my online courses and through all the places where I travel and teach, and I have students who study with me for years on end, I have found that it is Ayurveda that allows me sometimes when the disease is rampant. It's all over the body. Either it's a chronic condition and mind is involved in it. There's psychosomatic stuff going on. The mm. person's life is in shambles and you don't know where to begin. It's right. really hard to begin with the body because the mind doesn't obey. It's hard to instruct the mind because it doesn't want to follow instructions because if it was so smart, it wouldn't have reached this dark place to begin with. At that time, I used the door of spirituality from Ayurveda. And Ayurveda says that I have to remind the person of who they are. And it's very reminiscent of teachings from Ayurveda's cousin texts like Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads. And it says, you know, start reminding them of the truth of who they are. And no matter how deep and dark a place our mind has collapsed into, when we are told about the light that dwells in us no matter what, and that we are not sinners, and that we are self-healing entities, and it's mm. never too late, I have found the light come back in my students' And you know, and in the eyes of the people who came to our clinics, etc. And I have had 360 degree, and if I could use a bigger number, reversal in such a short time, because now I don't have to work too hard on the person, because the soul awakens, remembers its connections with the stars and the moon and the sun, and remembers its godliness, which may really means its unboundedness, its mm -hmm. limitlessness. And what, you know, modern science is now talking about neuroplasticity. Modern science is now talking about mind over body, right? This is what starts happening. And Ayurveda talks about it, that how the soul can command the mind and the senses and the body to, you know, you know come into healing. And I am really humbled with it. And at the same time, I was sorrowful. I just want to add this before I ask your perspectives on this, that I found that the spiritual aspect of Ayurveda has been dumbed down, diluted, mm. or not even taught. Because mm. after we became colonized, and then Ayurveda was brought back by the, you know, the new young government of India, there was a big <laughs> desire to somehow match the Western paradigm right. and the Western model of medicine, which is beautiful in its own yeah. space, because I would use it in a heartbeat if I needed to. I'm not anti-Western medicine, but I'm just yeah. saying Western medicine has its own two feet and its own paradigm. Chinese medicine has its own 
Ayurvedic medicine has its own. And I see in Chinese medicine how it stands proudly in its own space, you know. But Ayurveda didn't do that. And we started becoming a prescriptive model. We started needing to prove everything. Now there are professors and whole schools of thought in India which are saying that Ayurveda has to prove itself based on evidence-based model. It's like they're doubting their own Mm. selves. Then how can we even talk about soul and spirituality and inner boundlessness? But I'm one of those rare people. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, So I find my my supporters in, you know, people like you and other visionaries who are out of the box. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I find it funny when people say that India is a young nation. India is not a young nation. India is a nation that's tens and thousands of years ago. So that's, I guess that coming from a colonial mindset and wanting India to feel like, you know, we're young, we've got a new government and things. But that's not true, right? So we are sort of, as Indians, breaking down certain myths and misconceptions that were there from before. And also this need, like you mentioned, to prove that Ayurveda is what it is. When it's received so much recognition abroad in America, people love Ayurveda. In Europe, people love Ayurveda. And they want to learn what it truly is. And so breaking it down, taking out the spirituality and trying to prove it is not the way to go. And like you've alluded to, so if they want to study Islam, you would study it in Saudi Arabia, right? So you'll have an Islamic center where there's research and studies being done. If you want to study about Taoism, you won't study it in the West. You would go to China and uncover its roots, right? And that would be the research center. In the same way, there should be more studies and more focus and more independent research and more people should be encouraged to really understand and propagate what Ayurveda truly means. And it has to come from the epicenter, which which is India. And I think that's where the key lies. And, and the good part of it, like I don't get into politics and things like that. But I think one good thing that Modi has done is at least propagate yoga, right? And, and promote it around the world, International Yoga Day. And hopefully that continues so that India gets the recognition that it deserves for the benefit of the world uh, so that Ayurveda can can spread more. And I'm a huge fan of uh, PM Modi, and I'm proud to say that I have been invited by his government to become an advisor to Ayurveda affairs, Ayurveda and yoga affairs to the government. And I've been twice back for meetings. And I'm so happy to share with our listeners that under PM Modi's uh, vision, we now have an independent Ayurveda ministry. For all this time, we didn't even have wow. a ministry of Ayurveda. It was all clubbed together with four other types of medicines. And Western, wow. and Western medicine would take the you know bulk share. Now we have independent ministry, independent budget, and mm. we have a vision. And they are taking input from people like me and all over the world to hear what they want to do. So I'm very excited, you know. That's awesome. I didn't know that. What is that thing that you're part of called again, just for my uh, knowledge? So this is this is part of I am part of the I'm I'm an advisor to the Ministry of Ayush. And now the Ministry of Ayush. And then I met, you know, so they are doing things where they call it the BPD advisory committee and all that stuff. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's great to note. 
That's great to know. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, you've also written that Ayurveda has a solution to existential crisis or existential suffering, right? So firstly, what is your definition of existential suffering, which I'm sure many people right now are going through because of the times that we are in right now? And then how does Ayurveda help? Existential suffering in the Vedas and all our sciences have been described as an experience of bondage. We experience bondage because we are compelled to experience the polarities in existence. You know, joy will come with sorrow. And even if you get used to joy, sorrow, then again, joy will come. So we don't seem to have any control in the way life fluctuates around us. And then there is decay, there is um, death. So there is aging, so there is suffering. And then there is this, uh, you know, it seems because we believe in it and it's clear that there is continued, there's rebirth again and again, either in this realm known as Loka or there are considered total 14 realms of living consciousness where souls are manifesting, completing out stories. These are like schools of the soul that we are going through, but it's relentless because it's one thing that I have decided to join you on a podcast. So I have a little bit of free will, but do I re- have I really decided to join you on my podcast? I think I've said yes, I will join you. But there were like 100 trillion factors that could have happened and I couldn't have joined you. Mm. You know, or if I wanted to avoid you, there were 100 trillion reasons and I couldn't have avoided you. Mm. You know, it would have come again and again into my life. So how much free will do I have is a question mark Vedas raise. I mean, yes. You want to find that you are told there is something boundless and limitless and godly within us, but our experience of it is not. And that is called existential suffering, where we cannot avoid what we want to avoid and we cannot hold on what we want to hold on. This is a number one helplessness. Like we all are aging. We will lose our parents. We don't want to lose them, but we are helpless. Similarly, Mm. there are people we don't like, certain critics, certain bosses, certain friends who make us feel hurt, we can't seem to avoid them, you know? So these things happen. This is existential crisis where our human will fails, human planning fails, human timing fails, human technology and science fails, even human spirituality at the most comes to a peaceful place with it, but does not understand it, cannot transcend it necessarily. The Mm -hmm. desire to then transcend it is known as mukti, in yoga, moksha, in Vedanta, nirvana, in Buddhism. We have all these words that have come out of India, which mm-hmm. are words for a unique suffering, which is when we, when, we, when we go beyond existential suffering, beyond the wheel of birth and death, beyond the wheel of polarities, then that is called moksha. And moksha literally means the end of all sorrow and delusions. And interestingly, even though Ayurveda talks about the toenail fungus and infertility and sinusitis and asthma and depression mm. and schizophrenia, and then it says, wait, and even if you're healthy, you're not really happy, are you? Because you're still stuck. Mm. And so to be in total control, you need, then it starts teaching us about yoga. And it says, oh, you need yoga, moksha, pravartaka. These are words from the scriptures of Ayurveda, which is now you must study karma yoga, bhakti yoga, jnana yoga, samadhi yoga, or what is known as Patanjali's yoga, to now reach um, um, where you can really like use your the chakras and use your consciousness to connect completely and then become a willful participator mm-hmm. in the universe and not a unconscious, um, involuntary participation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. So then, so then there is a prescribed route. It's a, it's a step-by-step process that you can take as an individual. And that's the beauty of these sciences is first you need to address the obvious, right? You need to heal yourself first, physically, right? So take those steps initially, eat the right food, you know, adopt the right habits, lead the right lifestyle. And then, like you've alluded to, that's not enough, right? Okay, so you've healed yourself and then next step is you realize yourself, self-realization, which is the path of yoga. And then after that, you discover the truth, which is, I guess, Vedanta, right? Which is the ultimate truth. Yeah. Like with Ayurveda, use your physical body to health, then use yoga for mental health, and mm-hmm. then use Vedanta for spiritual health. So physical suffering 
psychological suffering and then existential suffering. So it wants us to go one by one. And in the Upanishads, we come across two paths known as the path of prayers and the path of shreyas. You might have heard of it. The path of prayers leads you towards the world. And you and I, all we can sit there and think about is, you know, my podcast, my books, my writing, and, you know, my clothes and my car. I'm just giving examples. And that's mm-hmm. what fills us up. And that's all we chase until we die. And it starts again because our needs have not ended. So we get another lifetime to write more books and buy more cars, etc. And then there's a path of shreyas which means the path where we start an inquiry. So we might be a podcaster, we might be an acharya, we might be a stockbroker, doesn't matter. But internally, we have this path of inquiry, spiritual inquiry, awakening consciousness. And interestingly, Ayurveda brings up these two paths and Mm. tells us that to walk this higher path of the path of Shreyas, even if you're a little bit sick, because Mm -hmm. when we start, awakening our consciousness and expanding our awareness, some of our body starts ailing. It doesn't bother us even if it's ailing. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I've cured myself or I'm just done being sick. I don't know. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it does help to know the ultimate truth that even though we might make, make attempts, not, not everything is in our control, right? And so even though we might attempt to heal, the healing process, a lot of it has to do whether we need that healing or no from a spiritual standpoint, but ultimately knowing that this is not who we are, what we are is eternal and timeless. And that that perspective really helps. So, Acharya, talk to us about what, what are gunas within Ayurveda? What are gunas and what are tattvas? Because I think that uh, discussion on Ayurveda is incomplete without the understanding of these terms. I know you've been enjoying talking about gunas and tattvas with your various <laughs> guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking to you as such. You're quite informed in it. I'm talking to our listeners. But yeah, it's a great question, by the way, because it really gives us a language. Uh, I love how Ayurveda, yoga, we, Vedas, we have this, this technical language that really takes the world apart and we see it with a new, like less personalized understanding so we can take the word guna, the guna, guna literally means quality, but guna also means like a rope. And there are three ropes that mm-hmm. bind us to the world through the mind. So these ropes are these qualitative ropes live in the mind. And there is a rope that makes it really, our mind really, it makes our mind very agitated because it just kind of keeps curling on its own too much. Like when we worry too much, or when we think too much, when we overanalyze, And this rope or this guna or this quality is known as rajas. And it comes from the root word ranja, which means to color. So it colors our whole experience. So if I tend to worry a lot, flowers may be blooming like it is in California where I live. You know, there are butterflies, birds everywhere. But I'm colored with morbidity because I tend to have this rope all the time moving. And then there is another rope known as tamas, which comes from the root word tam, which means dark or concealed. So mm-hmm. when that takes over my mind, I might know an answer, but I don't get it. You know, I can't, I I, I, I live a li- little bit like I'm unconscious. Mm-hmm. I may have knowledge. I have heard things from my seers or wise ancestors, but I can't employ it. Why? You and I could even have experiences from our own life that when I eat ice cream at 2 a.m. at night, Next morning, I'm going to sneeze, but I do it again and I do it again. Why? Because I have tamas, like there are no lights on in my consciousness. So that is a tamas guna. And the third one is the is the God guna, the God quality. We're not alone. We're having these this crazy experience on this planet where half the time we are worrying about it and half the time we are being dumb and stupid, okay, and hitting ourselves on the head. But mm. fortunately, there is an internal rescue guna or quality known as sattva. And that awakens even by sitting in nature. That awakens every morning if we were to watch the sunrise. That gets activated if we have a clean house or we clean our own house. We feel like you can think and problem solve. That gets awakened by eating certain Ayurvedic cooling recipes that I teach. You know, I can't teach it now. But Mm. there's so many ways it can get activated even if I don't want to. Say we are a criminal in a prison and we start gardening. Mm. 
Sattva starts awakening in the criminal. Or they start mantra chanting. We've heard about yoga and its benefit on prisoners, right? What's happening? Mm. They are people who've killed people, raped people. But a little bit of yoga starts awakening their sattva quality. So right. we understood the gunas. We depersonalized the mind. We don't have to call a person a sinner or a bad person. We can just say, uh-oh, they got clouded up with tamas. We don't have to call a, a person who's over-ambitious saying, oh, look at that manipulative, terrible, wheeler, dealer. We can just say, uh-oh, they're rajas mm. got manipulated. Let's chant om. Let's breathe. Let's be quiet. Let's be still. And mm. then sattva will ignite. And that same person will become a saint tomorrow. So yeah. in the Vedas, the sinner today can be a saint tomorrow. And the saint today can fall down mm-hmm. and become an oops embarrassment mm. because yeah. they are just tamas took over. So this is the gunas. And right. very much in short, that tattvas we have, the whole body has been described as tattvas, such as, okay, the three gunas, the five elements, the mahabhutas, the 10 sensory organs, five motor, five nervous. You know, mm-hmm. so this, way, this way we calculate and we have 23 Tattvas or entities which are physical, which are material, mm-hmm. called prakriti, and one, the 24th one, called pure consciousness. And the mm-hmm. dance of both of these is life. And to me, the understanding of tattvas and gunas really helps us understand our situation and not just think that, oh, I'm Acharya Shunya, and this is AJ, and we belong to this country, and you know, we would not get so regional and specific and stuck. Mm is my feeling. What do you think? Great. I think that's a great uh, principle and philosophy to live by also, right? Because quite often when things go wrong, we try to accuse a person and call them a particular identity. But identity is such a complex uh, term, like who am I? That's what we're all trying to find out, right? We don't really know who we are. But but instead of accusing that person's identity by telling them that you're stupid or you're you're dumb, or you, know, you can say that, okay, this was a situation. These were your qualities. Maybe you did not act in the most appropriate sattva guna. Maybe you, and so there are certain things you can do because ultimately we realize that there's beauty and uh, uh, potential in each and every person, but they use that certain qualities to either manifest close to godliness or maybe they're colored and mired by some lower qualities which are leading to that result, right? So don't accuse the identity of the person, but look at what are the underlying qualities because the beauty is and you can change from rajas or tamas to sattva just by through practices or certain ways of thinking, right? And I also want to add, because I love that, like godliness or other qualities. That's why we have the devas and asuras, you know, mm. demonic and godly, you know, parts of ourselves. And yep. more than anything else, I also wanted to add that for the benefit of our listeners, uh, AJ, that we can use the gunas, especially if we have too much shame and guilt. Because we've all gone through periods of when tamas took over, we we took actions, we we should have known better. But Mm -hmm. we only knew better when sattva took over. And tamas and rajas can be compared to clouds that seem to cover the sun, which is sattva. But Mm -hmm. then through knowledge, you know, and I would say this knowledge gathering fest that our planet is going through now, you Mm -hmm. know, with the podcasts and the books and the whole consciousness movement it's really helping us ourselves push away our clouds and have greater and greater discernment through sattva Mm -hmm. so we should have more compassion towards ourselves when we were caught up in rajas and tamas and also try and not act from that gutsy um you know compelled space if that's rajas or a Mm self-destructive space if it's tamas i think it helped me be kinder to me in my own spiritual journey, you know, Mm -hmm. from then to now. Yeah, that's so true. Sometimes just because we've changed, we sort of uh, are ashamed of our past life, right? Mm -hmm. Ashamed of the decisions that we've made at that point of time. Because life is what it is. There's no right or wrong decision. And the way I look at it is that I say that I make decisions based on the level of consciousness or the level of awareness that I bring to that situation. And sometimes we we have to make decisions not with all the information at hand. We just take an intuitive decision, right? And uh, from our limited perspective, that might seem like a wrong decision. But, you know, like we are finding out there's no wrong decision per se. It's just how we uh, how we change the narrative and the story of that perceived wrong decision and make it a right decision. So I'm sure that our listeners might be able to relate to this, right? Because life is just how it is. Uh, it's just the story that we bring to that particular 
situation it makes all the difference and uh, it's important to not be hurtful or uh, negative to your past self because uh, uh, some people say that the past and the future it's all existing in the present right there's no past and, and and future everything is existing in the present in the now so 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 thanks a lot for bringing that into our awareness talk to us about what does ayurveda say uh, about the root cause of disease like why do we have disease what's what, what's happening there wow that's um just take me a few minutes because there are three root causes and they're kind of interconnected and okay. i try to you know keep it really simple for everybody to understand um, but and these are big mouthfuls of sanskrit so i'm not going to go there and telling myself keep it in english but the first one the first main cause is you know we are the true self as pure soul consciousness but we and the body is where it is but it's our senses that seem to travel out and interface with the world right and the mm-hmm. senses get exhausted and then the senses may bring back distorted information which destroys our peace of mind or good information right like they may be listening to our podcast or they may be listening to you know doomsday podcast it depends right mm-hmm. so the first biggest cause for disease disease rather physical mental spiritual is the wrong use of senses you know believe it or not they actually want us to curate the way we engage with the world so right. it could be wrong use excess use like where we're browsing nonstop you know etc or even deficient use where we're just sitting and not going out in nature or not stimulating ourselves enough or you know trying to be a celibate even though we are not ready for it and things like that so the underuse excess use or distorted use and i would say in one word the unconscious use of senses is what we want to curate and so in my ayurveda classes i talk about what would be the healthy ways to use our vision what's the healthy way to use our you know sense of taste or touch etc or even hearing mm-hmm. like say if we hear mantras or if we hear sounds what's effect that will have on the the vibrations are set to change the um, alpha beta gamma waves of our brain and you know they change even genetic resonance i've heard now there are studies so what are you putting in makes a difference then mm-hmm. the number two um, factor is how are you in time and this is you know i used to it took me a while to understand it but it's really because i also study non dual vedanta which is a lot to do with quantum physics that i understand mm-hmm. and upanishads talk about it that time is not fixed time is based on how speeded up your mind is so like when we were kids and nothing was happening on summer holidays it felt like it would last forever and now that we are busy adults summer comes and goes and you're like hey when did that year just pass us by because we are living fast in time mm-hmm. so when we start living fast in time we actually become speeded up and when and because all our minds are connected to a collective mind because remember we are one the appearance is only the duality is only an appearance we are really one so then the collective mind gets speeded up and then we are all disturbed the seasons are disturbed and we are behaving in a disturbed way in the seasons it could be as simple as eating ice cream on a cold winter moist day because it will give you a cough and cold but it could also be that we are not resting enough not waking up on time not taking the time to breathe and relax so it's like lifestyle disturbances okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. speeded up behavior in time that's what i would say okay and the third one is ultimately known as sanskrit word is prajna pradaha prajna means it means the intellect but it also means a higher mind connected to the soul or the higher knowingness and apradha means a crime so when we go against our own inner knowingness so this is a beautiful spiritual teaching only to be found in ayurveda spiritual teachings where it says you're a soul nobody needs to tell you what's good for you or bad for you mm-hmm. deep down you have a whisper inside you which says wake up brush your teeth which says wake up take a walk which says don't eat this eat that don't talk to that person detach from that person or go say sorry to we all have the inner guidance we need we don't need gurus we don't need pandits we don't need shrinks we don't need anybody we just need our inner guru we just don't listen we mm-hmm. don't listen we violate it 
We do it every day. We know better. And sometimes we are even told you have a teacher, a master, a tradition, and we still don't follow. So what happens is you're going against your inner wisdom. And mm -hmm. now it says you're a self-destructive entity. Nobody can help you because you're not helping yourself. So these three things together become the cause for a roller coaster life that leads to ups and downs of the body, mind, and soul. And we take self-harming decisions in the arena of food, lifestyle, relationships, profession, and even spirituality. Sometimes we even leave our guru when we shouldn't be leaving them. And sometimes mm -hmm. we join gurus just because of pack behavior. Everybody's joining them. We'll just become the, another new in a, you know, follower. We don't think because we're not listening to our inner wisdom. Isn't that fascinating, uh, AJ? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it sure is. I mean, uh, it seems like uh, Ayurveda has an all-encapsulating view at life. And, if you, and these are just principles that you need to live by, right? Uh, firstly, like you mentioned, just the um, unconscious use of your sense. If you use it too much, if you use it too little, the senses affect your prana and your energy body. And it totally makes sense why you would fall into dis-ease if your senses are stressed out. The second thing, like you mentioned, is knowing the importance of time. Like what are you doing? But not only what you're doing, but when you're doing it. In what season are you doing it? What time of the day are you doing it? What are you doing before you sleep, after you wake up? It all makes sense. If you, no. <laughs> if you eat too much before you go to sleep, you will naturally, slowly but surely, fall sick more often. And then the higher knowingness, which a lot of people talk these days, right? What is that inner voice? What is that intuition? Are you really listening to your gut feeling, which uh, is not just for a student or a mother or a teacher, but also elite entrepreneurs use or should use their intuition more, right? to be able to get rid of the disease that is plaguing their organizations, yep. right? Uh, and if they do it at the right time, then it makes a world of a difference. So Ayurveda is not just for health, but it's for the health of organizations, collective consciousness, and for the country as a whole. I love it. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> Thank you. That would be wonderful. And and so, you know, as we come to, to the end of this particular session, I want to bring a, a topic that's pretty timely. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of uh, worry and, and stress and apprehension, anxiety about coronavirus, right? Which is currently in Wuhan, China. And they say, well, the media says that it's quickly spreading, especially in Vancouver. We've got a lot of people wearing masks all the time, which I'm guessing is uh, in a way increasing the apprehension and anxiety also, right? So does Ayurveda have a solution or at least something to think about when it comes to these epidemics like coronavirus? I want to... Uh, share a tip that mm -hmm. we should all start uh, start using in this time of epidemics and pandemics, which Ayurveda, by the way, had predicted 2,000 years ago that if we don't do something about our environment, you yeah. know, that's what's going to happen. And it also pointed to the fact that it is the lack of dharma or lack of ethics, lack of consciousness in human beings that mm -hmm. is disturbing the dharma. So we are we are now dealing with the mess we had created. Okay, and mm -hmm. we got that warning 2,000 years ago. So I want to, you know, talk about turmeric because we all know we've been, I'm sure you've done shows on it and happy to come back and talk to you about turmeric. But turmeric is a super immunity enhancing agent, so much so that it's now being used for the preparation of HIV medicines. And so much research is going on worldwide, not just in India. In mm -hmm. fact, that is the number one Ayurvedic herb because of which Ayurveda shot into mainstream, you know, discussion because it's mentioned and used as a medicine in Ayurveda for cancer, for all kinds of infections, tuberculosis, for skin conditions and, you know, variety of ailments, okay, the heart mm -hmm. cure ones. And I want to share a tip of what we can all do if we are nervous and we want to do something. One is... We should up our turmeric intake, not only fresh turmeric we can chop up as ginger and add to our soup stews and stir fries, but we should wake up every morning during the season of coronavirus and swallow a whopping half teaspoon of organic turmeric in the, in the mouth. Then, because this uh, coronavirus is inhaled, you can mix, you can take a tablespoon of melted ghee, put into it a half a teaspoon, uh, one-fourth teaspoon of turmeric powder, mix it up well, 
And if you feel you need additional help, you're going in an airport, you have to do things where you feel like you will be, um, you know, vulnerable. At that time, you just put it in the nostrils, in the internal surface of both your nostrils when you leave the house. So the ghee, which is also an immunity enhancing agent, clarified butter plus turmeric are going to be the number one precaution for you. In fact, even if you tend to have pollens, because we are in spring now, Mm-hmm. And I'm about to teach a whole class on spring allergies, so it's all very active on my mind. You can do this and you will notice that you are reacting and sneezing less. Plus, if you inhale things, they will have they will have to deal with the battling turmeric and ghee right there in your nostrils. In general, what I want to say to you, this is for specific tips, but a bigger tip because I am a philosophy and a deeper teacher of Ayurveda is don't worry so much. Ayurveda believes in what is the immunity of the host versus the pathogen. Mm. Work on, because not everybody gets it. Yesterday I was listening on public radio of a show on how there are some people who have the virus, but they don't have the corona infection. And they are surprised why. Like even after the due time of developing it, they didn't develop it. So they might be carriers, but they are, they are not developing the condition. Why? Because their immunity may be stronger than the coronavirus. So what you do is you follow Ayurveda, follow yoga, think positive thoughts, build your immunity, and, and trust a higher power, and put your turmeric and ghee pack in your nose, and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great tip. I myself have been going more towards plant-based diets of late, um, you know, doing a lot of meal prep. The week before I did uh, chickpeas, uh, last week, like this week, I did um, the smaller other sort of beans, black beans. Mm-hmm. And this week, like today, I want to make sag, you know, mm-hmm. spinach. And uh, so I'm super, super excited to do that. And of course, a lot of these meals involve turmeric. So Definitely getting my turmeric in. Action Tribe, it's now time to take a pause and and look at how you've been living your life so far. It's never too late like we're learning today. And don't even have that uh, doubt or that regret within because you were meant to listen to this podcast and you were meant to listen to the words that I'm telling you right now. It's time for a change. And what better way to try out something new than to do it today? Nature has always been our friend, but we've been ignoring it for a while. Ayurveda gives us the keys to aligning with the cycles of nature for a more balanced and joyful life. Because to me, healing is not the goal. Like we're learning together today, right? Healing is just one, one step in the way. The goal is to go beyond just healing and to experience the truth and get to know the oneness that we are all part of. But the key is to reconnect with nature. Because as David Frawley once wrote, as long as we're not living in harmony with nature and our constitution, we cannot expect ourselves to really be healed, and Ayurveda gives us the means to it. Action Tribe, are you finding it hard to de-stress and unwind in the midst of this crazy pandemic? Come join us for a soothing, relaxing breathwork session online on Zoom. Now, I do these sessions for our paid members twice a week, and I've received so many powerful testimonials from people who have received a lot of support, comfort, and healing from these sessions. And to show you just how powerful these yogic breathwork practices are, every month I do a breathwork intro workshop for people who'd like to give this a shot. In the past, people have paid anywhere between $10 to $20 for a drop-in, but for a short while, I've decided to make these sessions available for just 50 cents a ticket. And these sessions are live, but you just pay 50 cents. So if you'd like to learn how to calm your mind, relax your nervous system and experience deep states of bliss using your breath from the comfort of your home, visit my7chakras.com forward slash breath work intro. That's my seven is a word my7chakras.com forward slash breath work intro. I'll see you soon. All right. So with that being said, it is now time for the wisdom round where we have four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. And after that, we are going to record the bonus content for our Action Tribe Energy Circle members. To learn more about everything you're going to get, if you decide to join us, visit my 7 forward slash join. That's my 7 forward slash join. All right. So, Acharya, what is the best piece of advice that you have received 
till date. Uh, the best piece of advice that I have received was from my teacher, Baba Yodhyanath. And he said, believe in yourself, even if no one believes in you. It sounds really simple. But the more I think about it, it has, I think it has changed my life. And I'm a pioneer in everything I do, in the way I teach, the way I heal, the way I am, you know, disseminating the knowledge. I'm following no no pre, pre-planned ways of how an Acharya behaves and you know, and I'm having a blast, and I'm 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 riding taller than my immunological problems, my other life problems. Believe in yourself. Yeah, trust your gut, deep feeling. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who's living or dead, who would it be? Definitely my teacher, Baba. Yeah, every moment with him, he was a man of few words. So every moment with him was um, useful for me. Probably I would like a half hour with my mother, who's no Mm. more. I lost her at age of 10. I didn't realize uh, what mothers are to daughters. And now that I'm a mother of a son and a mother of I don't know how many students, like a mother type teacher, I I feel like I would like to know my mother more (laughs) as an older woman. And what is it one thing you do in the morning or in the evening before you sleep that has really improved the quality of your life? I keep, I have many things and I think I've shared them in a prior one, but one real quiet thing I do is that I remember I'm a soul and I have nothing to do with my body and my mind. I'm just pure consciousness. And just remembering that relieves me, detaches me from relations and tasks and to-do things of the body-mind, and it connects me to something very expansive, which is my true nature. And I think that's my most core and private practice. And it happens now that I've been doing it for so many years. It happens um, the moment I wake up. Yeah. Actually, it's happening all the time, even now. That's my basic thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I talk to you or I'm cooking food, it's it's a constant contemplation that the body's cooking the food and I'm this vast, I'm this vast sky that's flowing through the body and it's been helping me a lot. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would it be? May I recommend my own book? I I have put my heart and soul in Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom and uh, I've flown the teachings in it. I would say that is a great one. And if you really are into deep studies, then I would say try and find a teacher of of Bhagavad Gita. Wonderful. Uh, So is this book available on Audible as of yet? Yes, it is available on Audible and all kinds of formats are available. So check it out. Yeah. Awesome. So Action Drive, would you like to receive this book for free? Because audible.com is offering all our listeners, everyone, uh, no one is missed, where everyone gets one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out this amazing service. And as you might agree, listening is the new way of reading. So the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now actually proves my point. So if you would like to get your own Audible download and start listening to a book, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. And that will be available to you. Acharya, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Once again, for the second time, uh, before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how can we find you online? I'm grateful that I have a mind that is enjoying wisdom. And may you also cultivate wisdom, all our listeners. You can find me on my website, acharyashunya.com, which I'm sure you'll mention and which AJ will, you know, write with the correct spelling. And then I have all the uh, typical social media, you know, uh, ways of reaching me. Uh, just type in my name, acharyashunya. Wonderful. We'll add all the links up in the show notes. Action Thank Tribe, you. if you are on Instagram, then take a screenshot of this episode. In other words, what are you what you're seeing on your mobile device right now and then tag me so that i can share your story and your moments with our community my handle is at my seven chakras that's at my seven chakras acharya thank you so much for coming on our show speaking to us about the power and the promise of ayurveda in this new brand new decade and taking us one step closer to a human revolution wow thank you <laughs> 
So Action Tribe, we are now proceeding to the hidden section of this episode, available as a bonus to the members of Action Tribe Energy Circle. Like I said before, to learn more, go to my7chakras.com forward slash join. my7chakras.com forward slash join. You will not regret it. Uh, and it will be great to have you in there. But if not, I hope you have a great day ahead. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S E V E N Chakras.com. <laughs>